Welcome, welcome back to Rise to Liberty podcast. Today I am joined by Mark Emerson, half of the uh, co-founder of Algebra Victory, a math education um, trying to solve the uh, education problem that I would blame the government for, um, considering we have... uh, allowed them to take control of our education of our children, which I don't know why we ever did that. Anyways, how are you doing today, Mark? Hi, Jacob. Thanks for having me on your show. I'm doing yeah, great. Of course. So what is Algebra Victory? Uh, what what makes it different than just standard math class in public school? That's a big question. So you need a few minutes to answer it. Uh, Uh, I'm going to start by saying that I don't entirely agree with you that the, well, first of all, I think we can all agree that math education is a disaster. And uh, it's it's a disaster not only in America, but in a large part of the world, probably most of the world. And uh, I think it's generally true that um, uh, the majority of kids are not learning the math. But you have to look more carefully at that. And you have to look historically a little bit, too. Because if we go back 60 years ago, and I'm old enough to remember, because I was tutoring back then, um, most kids, if they're taught reasonably, and most elementary school teachers, at least in the past, I don't know if it's still true today, um, were able to teach most of the kids how to do the basic arithmetic. And we'll talk about what we mean by arithmetic in a minute. But when you get to algebra, the whole thing changes. And there's a reason for that. Uh, And and this this has been true all along. And the reason algebra is hard has nothing to do with government. It has to do with the math. It has to do with concepts. And there, there are two different issues going on here. One is, what is the mathematics? And the other is, how do we teach it? And uh, the second subject is much larger than the first subject, because the second subject, how do you teach it? That includes the math, but it also includes a lot of other stuff. And um, so with arithmetic, there's way less to teach and learn than with algebra. So what I like to say is that, uh, well, let's talk about arithmetic uh, for a minute and get this, this straightened out. Uh, arithmetic can be very cleanly divided into two groups. There's basic arithmetic and advanced arithmetic. That's my terminology. Basic arithmetic is whole numbers, meaning non-negative, you know, 0, 1, 2, 3, and, uh, uh, and how you add, subtract, multiply, and divide them. And that includes multiplying a two-digit number times a three-digit number. It includes long division. Sometimes there's a remainder. Um, But it does not include fractions or decimals. That's advanced arithmetic. Advanced arithmetic is fractions and decimals and everything that goes along with that. And I explained that a little bit on our website. Um, So all of that is what you need to know before you start algebra. At least that's the way it has traditionally been. And a very large number of people were able to learn that. Uh, they're not teaching kids to memorize the multiplication facts anymore. Well, it's just because they stopped demanding that they memorize it. it. needs to be memorized. 
uh, the addition facts need to be memorized also. Um, and we have a way we're going to deal with that later. But in any event, even so, with kids who learned the arithmetic, they get to algebra and it's a completely different story. And so I like to talk about a metaphor of algebra mountain. Um, it just gets way harder. And uh, let me put it this way. Arithmetic is typically taught, basic and advanced arithmetic are typically taught over a period of five years, six years from like first grade all the way till sixth grade or seventh grade. And, um, and then algebra comes and it's taught in one year. Well, in, in arithmetic, there are roughly 300 concepts, facts, and skills that students need to learn. Um, and they learn them over a period of, let's say, six years. Well, six into 300 is about 50 concepts, facts, and skills per year. Algebra, first-year algebra, involves about 5,000 concepts, facts, and skills. And so, and they're supposed to learn that in, in one year. So instead of learning 50 in one year, now suddenly you're earning 5,000 in one year. That's a 100-fold increase. It's a, it's a huge increase. It's a triple whammy. The first whammy is a huge increase in the amount you have to learn. And the second increase is the speed at which you have to learn it, 100 times faster. And the third whammy is abstraction. There are variables in the algebra. Those are what the letters are. You don't have letters in an arithmetic problem, X and Y and A and B and P and Q. You don't have that in an arithmetic problem, but they are in algebra and they are variables and they are abstract. And abstraction is another whammy. There are lots of people that go through algebra and never really understood what X meant. It doesn't mean a time sign. So um, this is a recipe for difficulty. So I typically will, I like to talk about it for simplicity, grouping kids into three groups. Um, one group is the, what I call the math smart 10%. These kids learn algebra. Uh, even if it's not too well taught, some of them need tutors, some of them have a hard time, but they somehow make it. And you have to learn algebra to get into the STEM fields. That's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. If you don't know algebra, you're going to go nowhere in STEM. It's fundamental to computer programming and everything in, uh, in, the, in, in technology. And um, then there's the middle 80% of kids. That's the vast majority of people. And then what I call the low IQ 10%. Now, the low IQ ones, these kids have intellectual disabilities. God bless them. But learning algebra is not on the agenda for them in this lifetime. So uh, they have to, we can't, we cannot expect to teach them algebra. Um, but the middle 80%, they can learn it. I can teach it to them. I know how to teach them. But most teachers don't know how to teach them. Um, and the textbooks are a mess. So what Algebra Victory does is it gets the kids up Algebra Mountain. See, they're, they're, the 10%, the, the, the MassMar 10%, it's like they can climb. They can climb up that mountain and get to the top. They're climbers. But the middle 80%, 80, 80%, they, they're not climbers. They need a trail. 
So there's some graphics on the website you can see of Algebra Mountain. And then Algebra Victory builds a trail up the mountain. Now, that's a lot of work. The, the kid, the average kids, they have to do a lot of work. They got to they got to get through all the lessons. They got to do all the problems. You know, there's like got to get up that trail. You're huffing and puffing. You may take take a couple of rests, take a breather, blah, 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 blah. But eventually you keep at it. You'll get to the top. It's not like you reach a, a vertical cliff where you have to climb up and say, I can't do this. You can do it. You just have to keep at it and, and you'll make it to the top and then you can pass the final exam. And so. In a nutshell, that's what algebra victory is. It's a whole new way of learning algebra that works. And um, then I have a whole lot more to say about algebra victory itself. But let me let me point this out. Um, we have put fractions and decimals, in other words, advanced arithmetic, that's in the algebra victory curriculum, which means to start, kids only need to learn basic arithmetic it's actually easier to teach fractions and decimals with the algebra rather than before the algebra. And it works out great, it works just great. So that means that kids can start algebra victory. They could be seven or eight years old if they learn all their arithmetic and some kids that age certainly do. Um, and uh, um, I have to do something here on my phone, I'm getting it. Um, and so, uh, uh, but they have to pass an admission exam before they start Algebra Victory. Oh, here we go. There's the graphic of the three groups of students. The, uh, on the left is the Math Smart 10%. These are the kids that typically make it through Algebra. They know how to climb. Can you show the Algebra Mountain uh, yeah. graphic, which is the one without the trail? Yeah, let me uh, Jacob. So one, one question I do have is if, so at the very beginning, you, you said that you don't necessarily agree um, that it's About the government. Yeah. It, that it's the government's fault. Um, well, so I, I why, agree. The government has made it much, much worse, but there's an inherent educational challenge that has nothing to do with the government. The fact that if you put up Algebra Mountain, just just and then I can talk to talk to that graphic. Um, you have that one, the one without the trail. You have it. Because the the Algebra Mountain Algebra Mountain is just there. It's ancient. the The difficulty is just there, and that was not created by the government. It's inherent in the mathematics. It's inherent in how people learn. Um, what the government has done is made it a lot worse. Okay, that's- um, It's pretty dark. Let's yeah, see. you're putting it against, it's a GIF file. It's, it's, a, it's got a transparency. Can you put it against a white background or Let's a colored see. background? Because the black is just blending so I didn't choose the color of the background. It's oh. just is how it opened. Okay. Well, in any event, that that mountain is there and it's steep and it's a cliff, it's overhanging, whatever. Um, and that's just how it is. Now the government has made a whole bunch of things worse. Um, and the first thing they did, um, well, 
they always resist good solutions. If someone comes along with a good idea, a better way to do this, they tend to avoid that. Um, and instead, what they did, they thought, okay, well, why do students have difficulty with algebra? This is this is it's old. Educators have been debating this and struggling with this for 50, 60 years. And what they did in the early 1970s was uh, they, they, they believed that the reason kids were not succeeding with algebra was because they weren't ready for algebra. Oh, you're not ready yet for algebra. But that wasn't the reason. That wasn't the problem. They assumed that was the problem and they created a new kind of course, a whole extra year, and they called it pre-algebra to get the students ready for algebra. This is a bunch of nonsense. So they introduced the pre-algebra course. Did it solve the problem? No, it took students an extra year of time and parents as well. It cost hundreds of millions of dollars and they've been doing it for about 50 years now, more than 50 years. Did it solve the problem? No. Did, did they recognize that it's a failure and stop doing it? No, they keep doing it. So this and is that's this, that's the government. That. That's the government. That's the government. Now I have been talking to them, talking to uh, educators for decades about better ways to do this. Were they interested in what I had to say? No. Did they fight against me? Yes. I've been in battles with the Los Angeles Unified School District. I mean, all kinds of crazy stories. Uh, this is before I was doing what I'm doing now. So to get to transition, so that, that, and then what they did, the government made things way worse when they introduced Common Core, which is around roughly 12 years ago, 13 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and the legislatures that voted for this, these guys are just complete idiots. Um, government the, has no place in education it I, I, be, agree. It, 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 I, I agree i agree with that educators yeah i agree with that to a certain extent i think it's possible for public education to work but only if it is completely transformed um uh there is liberty is at risk if um students aren't on some level compelled to get educated we can't afford to risk having some significant part of the population not get educated and then be able to vote. Now, I have I a lot to say agree. about voting and, and constitutional amendments that need to get made, but but that's uh, that's another whole subject. Um, in any event, um, so the, the Common Core uh, was complete insanity. I talk about it on the website. By the way, my website is algebravictory.org. Uh, I encourage your audience to go there. They can help us out with this. We're, what we're doing is we're, our objective is to end the disaster in math education. That's the big objective. And the first part of that is algebra victory. Then we'll do geometry. And then we'll go back and do basic, basic arithmetic. And then we'll do more advanced courses out after that. There's an enormous amount of information on the website. Please check it out, algebravictory.org. So um, uh, I do talk about Common Core on there and what they did, which was it was it was not just stupid. It was literally <laughs> malpractice. It cannot have been done innocently. It had to have been done with the intention of screwing students up. 
and yeah. and causing I mean, disaster. It was, I, it, I'm a product of uh, No Child Left Behind, so which was also did you get, did you get left behind? Oh yeah, definitely. We all did. <laughs> we all did. Uh, yeah. Every every one of my classmates had a worse education after that program was introduced. Yeah. yeah. The, the, these these things are, but this is intentional stuff. The yeah. intentional disruption of the education system was much less so 50 years ago. Uh, these people were, um, the, the leftists were much more mild and some of the leftists were actually good people. Um, uh, and so they really cared, but the, the, the left side of the political spectrum has been thoroughly corrupted by communists and by uh, evil, sinister globalists who have uh, uh, an intention to murder 95% of the human population and take us back into the dark ages um, and slave the rest of us. This is literally what they're intending to do. And so- it's the only way we uh, can be equal. Uh, <laughs> so uh, very funny. Anyway, so um, uh, I think that um, they, were, they were better intended back then, but still stupid, still dumb. And uh, um, so a common core, no child left behind. I'm not even quite sure what all that entailed, but the, these programs were coming from an, an intention, an intention to screw up education. Uh, and that's what's been happening over the last 20, 30 years. Uh, but before that, it wasn't so much. But even so, take all that government malice and uh, uh, maliciousness away, Algebra is still hard. Uh, and so what we're doing with Algebra Victory is going to launch in the fall of this year as an online program, online teaching program, which I'll tell you the details about in a minute. Uh, and our initial target market will be homeschoolers. So students will learn online. There are 81 lessons. Each lesson is about maybe two hours roughly. And it's a combination of watching videos of me lecturing and then doing problems. And, uh, and then, and then also taking exams along the way. And, uh, and then there's a final exam. Now, uh, in a little while, in a few years, we're going to launch another kind of uh, product. So this is what we call our, our uh, individual uh, uh, an online individual online course is what algebra victory will be at first. Then we're going to uh, create a set of professional training uh, courses, which are to teach teachers how to teach algebra the way I teach it using, forget the textbooks, the textbooks are a disaster. See, all of this is my own work and the textbook is actually online. It's, uh, uh, color-coded and very beautifully set up so students can understand it. And when I lecture, I, every single page of the text is gone over and carefully in the lectures. The students have access to it. They can go back and replay the lectures. Uh, over, over 600 separate lecture videos, um, typically between 10 and 15 in each lesson. So uh, then the uh, teachers will be taught to teach this. And then we will have a, another version of Algebra Victory called our Commonwealth Classroom Course, 
which we will sell to school districts so that the students will use this in their classes with a teacher who has been trained and certified by us. And then the teachers will succeed. Then the teachers can have a classroom full of average kids and successfully teach algebra to them. And the teachers will be happy because, wow, it works. I can really teach this. And so the kids will be doing their problems on their computers or tablets or whatever devices. The, the school district will be responsible for providing that for students. They'll also have to be able to use their devices at home for homework. And they will solve the problems on their devices. And they can, they can the teacher will teach my lectures but with their own style and their own unique personality and their own unique flair. And then the kids will have a, obviously a in-person relationship with their teacher. And, um, but if they're absent from school for a few days, they can watch my lectures online instead as a backup. Or if they watch the teacher's lecture and they're still wondering about something, they can say, well, I want to watch Mark's lecture tonight at home just to, to reinforce. Or if they're, the teacher's out, <coughs> excuse me, the teacher's out uh, sick or away and there's a substitute teacher, then the substitute teacher can, uh, on a big screen in front of the class, play my lecture so that the course continues, the rhythm of the course continues, even with the standard kinds of interruptions that happen in school, the situation. And so we will sell this to school districts and the price per student is gonna be way higher for the government to pay than we're gonna charge our homeschool uh, customers. And uh, it's gonna make a ton of money, Jacob. It's gonna make a ton of money. And there's nobody else that's doing this. Nobody's even thinking about this. No one knows how to teach algebra to the average kids, even the best teachers out there, because they're using materials that are inferior. And most, most of the good teachers, there are a lot of good teachers out there, but they're stuck with textbooks that, they, that aren't good. And they may not even understand that the textbooks aren't good, but they do understand that when they have a classroom full of that MasterMart 10 kit, 10%, they can do it and they enjoy themselves. They, they feel professionally fulfilled. But if average kids come in, then what happens is it doesn't work. And then they start thinking, well, the students aren't paying attention. You know, or you're not, uh, you're not ready for this class. Um, you're not studying hard enough. You didn't do the work. Uh, you weren't paying attention in class. Um, you're not smart enough. And these are all excuses. And even though the teachers may be innocently saying these things, they get encouraged by their peers. Well, you know, you just can't, you know, you can't expect them. It's these kids aren't ready or this or that or whatever excuse. No, uh, they can learn as long as they pass the admission exam, as long as they can do the arithmetic. And that, that's another whole story. Then they can do it. Then we uh, then then the teachers will be able to teach and they'll be, wow, this really works. I'm so glad I took that training. And by the way, when they take our training course, and there'll be two different, well, actually four different levels of professional training. And that's explained on the website also in our uh, discussion of our products. The, um, the, the teachers will, when they take these professional courses, they're gonna get continuing education credit for that, which ups their salary. 
So they'll go and they'll take our professional education course, which will be taught online, but we'll also have conferences. We'll have an opportunity for teachers to come and meet me in person in various conventions. We'll do all these things down the road. And then we'll develop a whole following of thousands of math teachers in America and outside of America. Of course, Algebra Victory will get translated in all the major languages of the world. Not that I'll speak that, but there'll be, how do we do the translation, whether it will be with subtext or with voiceover, probably both. Um, and uh, uh, these teachers will be happy. Wow, I can really teach this stuff. I'm really effective. I'm a professional that, that you throw those kids at me. Uh, I can do it. And they won't, they won't have to worry about, oh, the, the, they weren't ready or this or that. No, and the kids will love it because the kids are learning. You know, you take an average kid and you get them to the top of Algebra Mountain, even when they're on the way, on the trail up, what it does, it transforms them. They feel themselves growing. Wow, look what I can do. And then I get to the next level. I get to the next level. It's like they are growing. Their minds are growing. Their confidence is growing. Their spirit is growing. They're having fun, although it's not always so that's, fun. That's something I wanted to ask you about is, so <clears throat> I know that this is fairly common across the United States. Um, there's a lot of kids who just don't want to learn. That's right. Um, because they've never had a positive experience from learning. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have to you agree know, with that. You know, they, they, but, they, 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 this, they, this is a they go to a school, they go to issue. I mean, absolutely. So absolutely. And, you know, we, we have to take this one step at a time. I mean, there are other people that are doing other important work yeah. uh, that that I'm not doing. I, I, I'm not focused on transforming the culture in the school other than in the math classrooms. And um I may put more attention on that later, but I've only got so much time and energy. Yeah. So, uh, so, the, so uh, that's that's my only question. Obviously, there's still going to be kids who want to learn. There's always those kids, right? Um, but I tell you what, Jacob, you take a kid who claims they don't want to learn, and you put them in a good class with a good teacher. They start to they start to change. You can inspire these kids when they feel themselves growing. When they feel, oh my goodness. Why am I learning algebra or why am I learning arithmetic or whatever? You start giving them the good answers. The bad answers are, well, because you have to get a grade in the, in the class or because you have to get into college or because of this or that. That's, those are not satisfactory answers. But when you start, when they start realizing, wait a minute, I'm getting smarter. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm changing in a, in a good way. This is actually fun. I, I enjoy watching this guy lecture. He's funny. And I'm understanding him. He's saying these things I thought I could never possibly understand, and I'm getting it. And, he answer, and I had a question. He answered it. And so with good teaching, a lot of that apathy toward learning dissolves. Now, that doesn't mean that all their other classes are going to be good. And there may be social problems. There may be kid mean bully kids at school that make them miserable. Um, harm them. They may have parents that are uh, completely disconnected. And uh, but we 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 take this one step at a time. And my intention is to clean up the mess in the math classes, uh, so, so that one thing I can 
say through my education experience through the public school system, um, the more that standardized testing became more prominent, the less engaged my teachers were. They, they well, just kind of, because that's all that mattered, depending on uh, the their their job performance, everything eventually ended up depending upon standardized testing, and that's it. And that's some very, of them just checked out. It's a very interesting point. And the standardized testing is, is some of it's valid, some of it is it's valid stuff, but there's, it, there's an awful lot that's missing. And the teachers aren't, uh, they're, they're not, if, if the teachers loved what was on those standardized tests, which they obviously don't. Um, but with our curriculum, they're gonna love the whole thing. And let me let me get to another area here as well. Uh, I'm going to talk about the right and left hand metaphor. Um, these are two themes, if you will, in the way I teach algebra victory. Um, the uh, one of the themes occupies ninety percent of the the course effort. We'll call this the right hand. And uh, what I do is I teach the algebra so that Students learn to see what algebra is complicated. It's a whole bunch of different kinds of problems, hundreds of different kinds of problems. And like I said, 5,000 5, concepts, facts, and skills. I teach it so that as we go along, they learn to hold the whole thing like in the palm of their right hand. Oh, I see how it all fits <clears> together. <throat> it's holistic. Wow, this is so cool. All these rules, all these different kinds of things all fit together, I can hold it in my hand. They'll have a flow chart and the flow chart evolves as we go along. When we get to the end of the course, there's a master flow chart for the whole thing. And they look at that flow chart. Wow, I understand it. Look at this, it's so interesting. And this goes here and goes here. I can hold the whole thing in my hand. All this knowledge and I can pass that final exam. That's so cool. Look how it all fits together. That's a big lesson in and of itself. Separate from the actual knowing how to do all the problems, the fact that you can take a complicated subject and bring it all together and in, 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 you can hold it in your hand. That's a beautiful thing. Um, and then the other, the left hand, is I teach the students the mysteries. There are beautiful mysteries in the algebra. And I want the children and adults, too, to uh, experience those mysteries. They should have a sense of wonder and amazement. Let me give you an example. This is the first one in lesson one. If I take the number five, you know, I can write, I can write a five, you know, the digit five. Now, how, my question is, how many of the number five are there in the whole universe? Well, we can say, well, it's a lot. I mean, every go to the library, every book has a page five. Uh, it has a page 15, too, which has a five on it. Um, there are fives all over the place. Uh, and the word, it's also F-I-V-E, or Cinco, C-I-N-C-O in Spanish, or uh, Roman numeral five, which is a V. Um, I have five fingers here. And by the way, on this hand, I also have five fingers. And I believe, unless you're, uh, I believe you have five on each of your hands too. Um, there you go. So how many of the number five are there in the whole universe? Well. 
we have to distinguish a representation like the digit five that we write or the word F-I-V-E or the sound five or the sound cinco or uh, whatever other language. Um, those are representations of the number five. But what is the number five actually? Um, I have five fingers here, but are my fingers the number five? There's something behind that. There's something behind the five fingers on my hand. There's something that the page, the five on page five of the book, there's something behind that. If I go to another, let's say there's another civilization on another planet somewhere else in our galaxy or in another galaxy, and they, they're going to have, are they going to have a five there too? They'll probably call it something else. But if they saw my hand, they would realize, well, he's got five of those. Whatever, how, whatever way they say it or whatever way they write it, it's the same five, isn't it? The answer is there's only one. There's only one five number. Number five. Number five is an abstraction. And it's unique. There's only one in the whole universe. There's a zillion different occurrences of it. Five of this and five of that and different ways to write it and say it. But behind it is an abstract idea. And there's only one. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's a, it's a universal language. Yes. Yes, and it, it, it's a universal concept. And so that's, a, that's the first mystery that I teach. And then there are a whole bunch more, like what happens when you divide by zero? What if I take five and divide it by zero? What do I get? Well, you try it on the calculator, it'll give you an error. But what does it actually mean? Um, so what if I take uh, five and I divide it by one? That's gonna be five, right? Because one times five is five. Uh, what if I divide five by a half? Well, how many halves can I get? Well, a half plus a half is going to be one, right? So there's going to be two more. And I get to two, two more to three, two more to four, two more to five. So it's going to be 10, right? I can fit 10 times a half would make five. So five divided by one half is 10, right? It's bigger. Well, if I make that number smaller and smaller, then what will happen if I divide by zero? What do you think? You know what, I'm not sure. You're not sure. Well, I don't have a whiteboard here. Um, and so I'm not gonna try to explain it. I'm just gonna jump to what the answer is. But the answer is quite fascinating. The answer is infinity. And I guarantee you, even the most, even the kids that are the least interested in learning, when you start talking about that, their eyes open up and they get interested. Oh, really? And then we start talking about how it relates to them. There you what go. is it that makes you capable of even imagining infinity? Do you think a frog can do that? Do you think a dog can do that? How about a chimpanzee? I don't think so. This is unique to humans. You have an intellect. I don't care how much you don't want to learn. I don't care how stupid you think you are. But you can imagine 
even though then you get confused about it. Wait a minute, what is infinity? Well, what, what's the next number after infinity? Well, wait a minute, what happens here? These are things I want kids to wonder about. I want them to go to bed at night and think about this. It's relevant because then you see God is infinite. And so this, we're touching on divinity here and we're touching on the fact that we as humans have the ability to connect with the divine. And this is one way. So it's one little pathway. But then I can ask the question, what, what is there's a problem with infinity? It's a big problem with infinity. Because if five divided by zero is infinity, then that means that zero times infinity is five, right? But seven divided by zero is also infinity, right? So that means zero times infinity is equal to seven. And that means that five is equal to seven. And that's a problem. It's not okay for five to equal seven. And the only way we can get around this is making a hard rule in the algebra that says we're not going to allow infinity to come in. And the way we prevent infinity from coming in is by prohibiting dividing by zero. Now, what do math educators do? Today, they just teach the kids, you can't divide by zero. It's prohibited. Don't ask any questions. It's a beautiful question. Why can't you divide by zero? Well, you can divide by zero, but you'll get infinity. And if that happens, then everything's going to fall apart. Unless we go to some transcendent form of mathematics, which is not appropriate for even high school students, where this gets integrated on a higher level. But that's way, way beyond algebra one. So for all high school mathematics, division by zero is prohibited. And uh, so these are fascinating things. Kids love to learn about this. When I was student teaching, I presented this to my kids. Now I could teach circle, the person who I was student teaching under, the supervising teacher. I'm not going to mention his name. I could teach circles around him. And the kids all knew it. And uh, I taught this one day, and after class, he comes up to me and says, you shouldn't teach that. You should just tell them that you can't divide by zero. He found fault with what I did because it was outside of his paradigm of thinking. Did he notice how excited the kids were? It didn't matter to him. So, so anyway. Like you took your or you, you took his power away. I sure did. I remember one day I was over at that school after I finished my student teaching and uh, it was only like 10 or 12 weeks. And I walked by the class and the, that teacher was out that day. There was a substitute teacher and I poked my head in the, in the room. The kids cheered and they wanted me to come in and teach. <laughs> so I went in and the substitute teacher let me and I taught them. <laughs> they left it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, they, they, they knew, they knew, they knew. So uh, anyway, there are mysteries all through the course. And I say, I want the kids to touch the mysteries with the fingers of their left hand. It's not like they can hold the mysteries in their hand. The, nobody can hold it. How can you hold infinity in your hand? It's, it's, it's just something that you touch and you experience it. 
And so I like to use a left hand. The, the, the right hand is more masculine. It's more linear. And that's why I use that for the, you know, the, the rock solid, you know, understanding the whole thing. And then the left hand is more feminine. It's more nonlinear. It's more etheric. And so we just gently touch with the left hand. That's the way I, I use the metaphor. So this is integrated throughout the whole course. It makes it abs and I don't really test the kids. This the mysteries, they don't get tested on that. Not in algebra one. Um, algebra two teach the mysteries. And the kids love it. So what pushback have you received? Uh, either from parents or the other educators, uh, school boards, teachers unions? What's just the general pushback that you have received about well, the program? Well, what I'm doing right now is not well known to them yet. So I haven't received any pushbacks from anyone yet on, on this. Uh, yet. But in the past, I have when I was starting my own private school, teaching my own private classes and the school district trying to block me from uh, having my credit transfer. And, and, and by the way, I had a teaching job with LA Unified. I was actually teaching chemistry in high school. Um, and uh, I, got, I got removed and replaced. I lost my job, uh, not because of anything that I did, but because I'm white. Uh, I was the wrong race. And so this was sheer blatant racism uh, against whites. I was replaced by an incompetent woman of another race. And uh, um, so that was my first experience of anti-white racism. And uh, it's not my last one. But uh, and then that's then that led to one. My, my career has been complicated. Uh, and uh, then I started my own private school program, and you can read about my background on the on the website. But but uh, teaching summer school classes. Let me tell you a story from when I did that. This the first time I did that was in 1979 in the summer. I had an algebra class and a geometry class. Now these were these were six week classes that were met for four hours a day. So it was a full year course taken in this six weeks in the summertime, which is why it was four hours per day. And um, it was for credit, but there was issues getting the credit transferred, which I, uh, that was part of the battle I had to deal with with the LA Unified School Board. But um, in geometry, uh, the, the hardest part of geometry and also the most important part is learning to do proofs. I don't even know if you ever saw a proof in your geometry class. Did you, Jacob? Sorry, I was muted there. I don't believe so. Um, well, you would remember. Yeah, no. You would remember. Did, you, did you see any triangles or circles in your geometry class? Uh, yes. Okay, you remember that. Okay, you would remember yeah. if you did proofs. All right. So uh, they stopped teaching proofs because uh, sometime in the 90s, I think, uh, because they decided what's well, too hard. The students can't learn proofs and it doesn't matter anyway. Baloney. It matters a lot. It's the most important part of the course by far. Um, anyway, this is back in before 
they stopped teaching proofs. That's, that's an idiotic government thing. The proofs have been, been taught in geometry for 2,000 years. Um, more than that, maybe 2,300 from the time of Euclid. And so uh, I had an idea uh, from my tutoring experience, but I, hadn't, I, I tried it as an experiment in my geometry class. Now, this class had 16 kids in it. Uh, half of the kids were taking geometry for the first time so they could get a year ahead in math. The other half of the kids were repeating geometry because they had failed it. And the reason they had failed it in every case was because they couldn't do proofs. So what I did, remember, this is a four-hour class. I had on day one, on day one, I had every single kid doing proofs correctly, 10-line proofs. And the reaction of the two groups what I did was actually quite revolutionary. I'm very proud of that achievement. It was a, I, I invented a way to do it and it, it works. Um, I have a real deep, deep gift for, for, for creating pedagogical solutions, figuring out how to, to teach something that is not getting taught well, solving that problem. That, that's, that's my great, my deep gift is pedagogy. And uh, especially in math. And so the kids who had 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 not had geometry and were getting ahead, they were saying, oh, this is cool. This is fun. I, I like this. The kids who had failed were completely flabbergasted. They were saying, like, wait a minute. I sat in a geometry class for a whole year. I could never do a proof. And now here I am, this is day one, and I'm doing proofs, and I'm understanding it, and so is everybody else. They were completely blown away. This is the power of a really effective teaching system. It's complicated. You have to get a whole bunch of stuff has to be all lined up right. It has to be tuned correctly. You know, it's like, uh, uh, and, and so... And you have to have just the right materials. It's got to, you've got to teach it just the right way. And then it works. It's quite remarkable. I'm looking forward, we'll do geometry later. We're doing algebra first. Uh, there are many reasons algebra needs to be taught before geometry. But uh, um, so, uh, and in algebra, again, I have phenomenal solutions to perplexing educational problems. And it's, this is my masterpiece. This is, you know, I want this to, to be my legacy after I'm gone. Uh, this will still be here. And a hundred years, 200 years from now, people can still watch my lectures and learn algebra uh, through algebra victory. So uh, anyway, so that's, uh, that's that. And then we're going to launch it, like I said, in the fall of this year, 2023, uh, initially to homeschoolers, because the homeschoolers, we don't have to deal with the government at all. They've already separated from that. Don't have to worry about credit and accreditation and all of that stuff. Um, and, uh, um, and so, and a lot of these homeschoolers, they have a problem finding an algebra curriculum because there just aren't any 
really good one. There are a couple that are okay. There's some people out there who are actually very good teachers who have created some things. Some of them have used existing textbooks, which are not good. Um, and uh, they don't know how to write their own textbooks. I, I started writing my own textbooks, um, my own text materials, I should say. I never actually published a textbook because it has to be integrated with the teaching. I always wanted to put it together in a package, which is what I'm doing now, or when I was teaching in person. But uh, you have to, uh, uh, these, th there are some programs out there, uh, there's some of them that are absolutely dismal. There's some of them that are tied to Common Core, which is guaranteed disaster. And, and, uh, and then there's some ones that, that there's some talented teachers, but they're laboring again with, with whatever materials they're using, which are marginal. And they're not going to be effective with the average kids. So for homeschoolers, this is a, just a remarkable opportunity. There would be nothing even close in quality. And uh, a lot of homeschoolers, they have to hire tutors. Well, the same thing with kids in regular school. A lot of kids, yep. a lot of the kids in the mass bar, 10%, they get tutored. Um, parents will spend easily a thousand, sometimes two thousand dollars, sometimes more than that, getting their kid tutored through a year of math. And uh, I used to do a lot of tutoring myself, so I know. And uh, that's, a, that's another way I developed my pedagogical skills was working one-on-one -on -one with students and seeing, well, what works and what doesn't work. And I, would, I learned. I learned a lot. And I was always I had the attitude, if they understand it, then I did it right. If they don't understand it, I did something wrong. How can I, how can I change what I'm doing so that they will understand and um, and be able to do the problems. It's so, one thing to say, yeah, I get it, I get it. And another thing to perform on the problems. So one question I had, what about adults? What about uh, somebody who didn't necessarily receive the best education or somebody that wants to go through it again? Is, is there an option for them to be able to do that? Algebra Victory will be open to anyone from age seven to 107. I say that in jest. Love it. Doesn't matter. This is perfect. Now, if they're enrolled like in an algebra class at a community college, see, we're not at the, the individual online course, which is what we're going to release first, is not intended to be helping you get through, through a class that you're enrolled in because that class is not going to be following the curriculum the way I do. So I need... Uh, Later, when we get to our Commonwealth courses, we will not only we'll go to uh, uh, school districts for their middle schools and high schools, we'll also go to community college districts because their community colleges teach algebra courses to adults. And th th those professors can get trained in algebra victory and teach it right there in a community college. But adults who are not tied to a class, it's perfect for them. They can go at their own speed and just go right through and learn the algebra. So uh, uh, good question, and that's the answer. They do have to pass the admission exam in basic arithmetic first. And there's a little bit of elementary English grammar on that uh, exam as well. They have to be able to, they have to understand what a verb is, and they have to understand what's a complete sentence. And so, uh, because the, the, the algebra is a language. We are, there are sentences in algebra, and we have to understand what's going on. What is the verb here? In most cases, the verb is equals. Um, 
And uh, but there are some problems that don't have an equal sign. And those are not sentences; they're phrases. This is this is fundamental stuff that that we deal with in algebra victory. So yeah, adults can just enroll. Uh, there's no the only difference with an adult is that when a child enrolls, we have both the parent. The parent will have a log on, and the child will have a log on, and there may be a family, one parent with several children. Um, and so, but an adult. Uh, and, and and the parent will be have access to monitor and you know they'll be uh, expected to participate to some extent in making sure their kids are getting the lessons done. And uh, whereas an adult would just it would just be a, a single enrollment without any of that other uh, stuff. So uh, that's the only difference. But in terms of the lessons, that'd be completely the same. So. I know you had mentioned that there are plans to spread to uh, geometry. Are there plans to spread to history, English? That is a great question. And it also involves uh, finding relationships with people who have my kind of talent in other subject areas. And I'm not sure um, something's, oh, there we went away. Um, I have a great interest in teaching English grammar. I have a great interest in teaching law. Uh, and I'm not sure where that's going to go yet. Uh, it's going to evolve. Um, some of these other subjects are more difficult to, uh, uh, to pin down, um, uh, something like history. History is vastly more complicated than algebra. Uh, algebra, you know, I can I can present the whole thing, and there it is. Okay, yeah, it's a lot, but history, there's no there's no end to it. You know what? And and so you have to. I'm not. I've never tried teaching history. That's not quite true. I did a little bit, but uh, I'm going to be very interested in developing uh, relationships with educators who are over-the-top talented like I am and building, creating pro problems. And we'll, we'll do that through our, through our company, which is called Educational Empowerment Corporation. Because I'm all about number one, build the individual online course for, for the homeschool and for adults and for anyone else. And then the second step is do teacher training courses and then Commonwealth courses to go into the school systems. And we wanna do that with with a bunch of subjects. So very good question. And uh, I can't give you an exact exact roadmap yet because I, I need to meet those people. And I think those people will come to me. I think that they, I think that's gonna happen. And I, I don't know who they are, uh, but yet. Uh, it's not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's a possibility. Uh, to, I to think it's a prob I think it's I think it's a probability. It, it's it's definitely where I want to go, uh, and uh, I want to completely transform the educational system, not just yeah. math. Yeah, I would I would but, love to see a law program, philosophy. You know the. Well, I'll tell you they, something about law. Let me tell you something about law. You know, traditionally, uh, students there are four tracks, four academic tracks plus PE which is not academic, uh, that students follow from, let's say, sixth grade all the way through 12th grade. Okay, there's math, there's science, there's English, 
and there are whatever language in, in America, it's English in, in, in other countries, it's whatever that native language is. And then social studies, whatever social studies is, geography, history, um, and uh, civics and all of that, there needs to be another track every year, which is law. Students need, see, we're all expected to obey the law. We're all subject to its penalties. We're all subject to get dragged into court, to have our lives devastated in lawsuits or by false criminal action or by whatever. And yet we don't know anything. We don't know, you know, we know that certain things, oh, well, it's illegal to, to run a red light. Okay, you get taught that. You get a little law lesson on that. The DMV tests you, but it's a vast amount of stuff that you don't know what's really going on in the court, what's really going on in, in Congress. Um, and we need a citizenry that understands that. If you go back 250 years when this nation was founded and there was a great debate going on over our constitution, not quite 230, 235 years, uh, and the Federalist Papers were being published, and the Anti-Federalist Papers were being published, and ordinary people were reading these articles. Well, what about this clause in the Constitution? What about that clause in the Constitution? Why is it there? Why maybe it shouldn't be there? And the, the population was involved in that discussion. You won't find one person in a thousand today that even knows what the six clauses of the first, the first amendment has six clauses. Most people have no idea what they are. Oh, well, it's free speech, right? Well, well, that's one of the clauses. Yes. Do you know the other five? So, um, so it was, it was, the, it was true 230 years ago that ordinary people were educated in the law. We need to, we need to come back to that. Patriots need to be educated not only in the law, but how the law has been violated and what tyrants will do. What are the dangers? Why, why is the law there? Why, why does the, that constitutional boundary exist? Because the purpose of the constitution, fundamentally, when we say, well, it's freedom. Well, it's, it's a barrier to tyranny. It's to stop tyranny. That's why they want to get rid of it. The constitution is the biggest, the federal constitution is the largest most uh, fearsome obstacle that the globalists face. It's what they want more than anything else to get rid of. That's why they wanted Hillary to win. And when Hillary won, there was going to be a war and the U.S. was going to lose. And when the U.S. lost the war, the Constitution would be void. That's what they wanted to do. And they failed. So the patriots must wake up. We must understand what's going on legally. and. Uh, so enough of that. So I'm here to talk about algebra victory more than I am to talk about law. But let me say another thing about algebra related to liberty. When students learn algebra the way I teach it and also geometry, uh, they are not only are they learning algebra as they can use in a STEM field. Yeah, it's relevant. Know how to solve a quadratic equation. Understand what these variables mean. Understand how to evaluate some complicated expression. Um, with several variables in it. This is very important for STEM. 
Um, but there's another thing that's important because that, that STEM part, only the mass smart 10% are learning that right now. The other thing, very few kids are learning at all. And that is by the process of learning algebra and learning it well, and learning the way I teach it, students develop uh, critical thinking skills. They learn to think critically and logically and for themselves. Um, this is crucial for liberty. And uh, let me give an example. Uh, what the tyrants want, what the globalists want, and the way that what they're doing to the school system, and I was calling this out 40 years ago, I was accusing them of this. They want to teach children, in four words, do as you're told, in one word, obey. It's all about teaching obedience. And that is not what we want to teach. We want to teach students to become empowered, to realize that they have their own, their own liberty, their own connection to the divinity, to be guided in their hearts, in their own minds, to finding the way. That's what needs to be taught. They need to be taught a tremendous amount of information and lots of skills. But underneath all of that, it's not about obedience. See, the way it is right now, you can go all the way into kindergarten, you get one level of learning to do as you're told. And then in the in middle school, you get a, a more advanced form. And then in, 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 in high school, more advanced. You go to college, it gets more sophisticated, more complicated ways of doing your and finally you get your PhD. Now you're now you're you, now you're ready to do exactly what the grant makers tell you. But you have to get a grant, and they tell you, we want you to lie here. We want you to twist the statistics here. We want to have a report that says this scientifically is true, even if it's false. Yes, sir. They do as they're told. And it's going on all over the place. It's very bad, very evil. So uh, let me tell you about algebra, why why it's not about that. The algebra is not true because I, Mark Emerson, and I have a degree in mathematics from UCLA, and I'm your teacher, and I say that it's true. That's not why it's true. It's not true because you looked on Wikipedia and it said it was true. It's not true for any of those reasons. The algebra is true all by itself. It's inherently true. And what my job is, is to lead students on a path where they get to the point where they go, oh, I get it. Wait a minute. Well, that's so cool. Wow. Thank you for showing me. But all they did was show you. And now you can see it. Now you, then, then they own it. It's their own. It becomes part of them because it's part of the universe. It's part of God. And it's in them. And it's like, let's say I know where there's a beautiful waterfall and I know a trail and you've never seen the waterfall. I say, come on, follow me. And I take you through the trail and go, this, maybe the trail's not well marked. Maybe there's no trail. And I take you through and then we get to the, the waterfall and you look at it. Wow, that's so beautiful. I didn't make the waterfall. I just showed it to you. The waterfall is beautiful all by itself. God made the waterfall. So. Uh, it's like that. And so when students have the experience of 
realizing that the, the algebra is absolutely, it's absolutely true. Then the globalists, they can't come along. Oh, well, well, you know, it's, algebra is racist. You know, we have to let students have, you know, we have to be equitable here. And uh, the disadvantaged students need to be able to figure out, you know, whatever. They need to be able to answer the question. The five plus two, you know, for some students, they may feel that eight or nine is the right answer. We should be inclusive and let them uh, get credit for eight or nine as the answer to five plus two rather than seven. This is this is madness. This is distortion. This is this is destroying the intellects of good and righteous people, uh, and it it should be punishable as a crime to teach that kind of thing. Um, this is called intellectual relativism. It's 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 what is true. The tyrants want that. They want the globalists want to be able to say, this is true because we said so. We put it in the fake news about, let's say, JFK assassination. Mm, one, one, you know, I don't want to get too into too far in this, but the story that was told, I was in the seventh grade. You know, the story that was told was a complete farce. And uh, to this day, it's a lie, but they told it and they told it with enough authority. And I have all sorts of stories I could tell about that, uh, that people believed it. But it's not the truth. So with algebra, um, when it's taught right, the kids just know. Oh, no, no. I don't. You, what are you talking about? Seven plus two is eight. Get out of here. I know what the truth is. And I'm going to stand in the truth, regardless of what you say. This is part of being a patriot. Stand up for the truth in the face of tyranny. And it takes courage. But uh, the math gives, gives students a, it, 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 it doesn't have any real political overtones. It's not really very controversial, even though they're trying to make it controversial. Um, but when it's taught well, kids will never be swayed away. So I'd like to uh, uh, talk a little bit about what we're doing in terms of the business, if I may. Yes, of course. So I would like, again, to encourage people to go to algebravictory.org. There are seven ways you can help us. We need help. Math education is a disaster, and we need your help to fix it. There are seven ways you can help. And there are some blue boxes on the website. There are many, several pages. There's a lot of information on the website. Uh, and there are blue boxes where you can answer questions and give us feedback without identifying yourself. We appreciate that. Um, and uh, what we need more than anything else right now is we need investors. So uh, we are, the minimum investment is $990. Uh, we're dealing with uh, very complicated laws called securities laws. This is a big subject. And uh, so it depends on what state you're in, and you can look at the website and see about that. Um, but we need to raise uh, about $5 million. Uh, and with that money, need to hire a team. 
You need to hire a team. We're going to be building the team in, in, in waves. Um, and uh, before I launch this, I want a very solid team there uh, that uh, as we roll this product out, we're actually going to launch um, in the fall. Our first launch will be only the first five lessons. And then we'll be adding more lessons as we go along because I need my team to help put this all together. And I have to have a technology team that supports the whole thing and marketing team. So we need money. You can read about the team on the website if you're interested in that. Uh, but that's what the money is for to get us to the point where we're at a break even. And so we're projecting very high investment returns. And this is because when we get out, it, it's going to be very successful. It's going to be the, the homeschool movement is large and growing quickly oh, as people are getting driven out across the West. Pardon me. It's exploding across the West. Uh-huh. And uh, the more the school boards bring in pornographic uh, stuff into their libraries and teach CRT and have uh, these uh, clown, um, uh, what do they call them? These uh, transsexual drag queens. Uh, I mean, this is this madness is being imposed. It's coming from the from the, the globalists because they're trying to they're trying to uh, damp down our population. They're trying to create weak. Uh, confused uh, people. So intentionally, very intentional. So people are pulling their kids out. We're going to have, we're going to make a lot of money in the homeschool market, but that's nothing compared to the money we're going to make when we get into the, uh, uh, what is that? So this is a uh, research paper uh, discussing uh, race in mathematics uh, to prove a, Prove that you were not just, uh, you know, speaking out of turn, but this is something that uh, so-called academics are actually, you know, discussing on college campuses, which is where all of this seems to come from. Uh, it has to be the Marxist that introduces these ideas. Well, the, the universities, the universities have their faculties have been completely infiltrated by communist leftist crazy people. Yeah, and if you notice over here on this side, it's you know I, I'm sorry, I, there's no way I can read that. Danny Martin, it, it's uh -huh. it's just a list of uh, 54 different pages about how uh, you know racism and how it affects life and everything. So uh, the the point was to uh, you know this is out there. Um, this is a, actually a really big issue. Well, the racists are the ones who are calling other people racists. Well, it's because that's all they focus on. That's all they, yeah, that's all they think about. They're the racists. The, the Democrats, so boring. the leftists, not all <laughs> Democrats, but boy, oh boy. Um, I'm, I'm exhausted from it. I try not to judge, uh, but uh, I've had to cut way back on my relationships with some of those people. In fact, I moved uh, two years ago from... Los Angeles to Texas, and uh, because I just couldn't, the, the political situation was just becoming it's exhausting, uh, intolerable, <laughs> intolerable. So I'm very glad that I did. Um, anyway, um, uh, what I was going to say is that we're going to make a lot of money in the homeschool market, but when we get into those Commonwealth classroom courses and we start selling to school districts, it's much much bigger money, and uh, we'll start with rural 
school districts in conservative areas where the school boards will be very interested. And we will, we will market to math teachers nationwide and we'll probably begin by offering the professional training maybe for free or for a very low amount of money. And, uh, and, uh, uh, and we'll get the math teachers involved. And if we get several math teachers in a school district trained, then we go in with those math teachers and hundreds of parents behind us. And we go to school board meetings and we create contracts and say, look, let's go, let's do, let's do it. Let's do it in your, in your middle school and your high school. Let's start teaching algebra victory. And when that starts happening and they get results, it's gonna get published. And the word is gonna spread. We'll get to the big school districts that are controlled by communists later. There's a lot that has to be done on the political front in other respects. I see that down the road, but there's enormous amount of money here. Um, so we're projecting uh, returns on investment of 20 fold within five years. So an investment of the minimum investment, as I said, is $990. We're projecting a return of receive, paying out about more than $20,000 over the next five years on that. And then we'll continue after that. We are a nonprofit organization, so it's not stock. We're not uh, offering a stock. Uh, what we're offering is called charms. It's a new kind of financial instrument. And the returns are paid as a percentage of our uh, gross sales. There's, some, there's a formula. It's all explained on the website. Exactly how it works is a diagram. I've gotten feedback from people say they understand it and they like it. Uh, and it, 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 it works within the nonprofit sector. So uh, please, there's a prospectus. If you go to the invest page, you can read about it without having to dig into the prospectus. Um, but then please do look at the prospectus. There's, there's a lot of detail in the prospectus and there's section on every state, all the, the laws getting into all the securities laws and the, we're, we're using, we're relying on exemptions. And there's a couple of states where we can't uh, accept any investors. Um, but, uh, and there's some states where we can only accept accredited investors who are rich. This is another big issue. I have some issues with securities laws. Um, but uh, in any event, then if you decide you want to invest, you go to our online investment forum and figure out how much money you want to invest and uh, uh, submit your investment. There are different ways you can pay. And uh, uh, so this is, this is what we need. Um, and uh, we do, we want, uh, we only accept investments from people who are willing. You have to first join what we call the Legacy of the Angels, which is our, um, it's a separate organization. It's a non, uh, non-denominational uh, um, spiritual organization. And our, uh, its purpose is very broad. It's to uplift humanity and reduce human suffering. And so um, to join, you have to become what we call an angel, an angel member, which means you have to take a vow that you will, you're devoting your life to God and, and to helping in your own way. However, you're guided by your own spirit guidance, by the Holy Spirit or by Archangel Michael or by Buddha or by Krishna or whoever, whatever your channel is to the divine, however you're guided to um, uh, to help to do to to do things in your life that help to uplift other people and reduce suffering. And so that is a requirement 
Um, and then uh, uh, and then you can invest. So it's all on the online form. And we encourage it's all at, at like I said, algebravictory.org. And uh, so there, there you go. So uh, got any other questions, Jacob? You're on mute. I can't hear you. Oh, usually it unmutes itself, but uh, <laughs> I did. Ha I did have one question. Um, what are the plans, if any, to be able to reach uh, families of lower income? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, and I, I don't have that figured out yet, but I'm sure that we're going to have discounts uh, or scholarships. And because um, I don't want any kid to get left out because they didn't have enough money to pay the fee. Uh, but they do have to have the equipment. I can't, you know, they're, they're going to have to have not just a phone, phone's too small. They need to have, I would say, at least a tablet, tablet, if not a laptop or a full computer. So uh, um, that's a very good question. And I haven't figured that out. I'm, it's something I want to work when we have our marketing team. We're going to brainstorm on that. We're going to do we're going to do surveys. We're going to do focus groups and we're going to uh, find out what the right path to that is. But it's absolutely crucial that uh, that. Uh, disadvantaged, economically disadvantaged students uh, have full access. Um, when is the uh, deadline to be able to uh, invest? Well, the, the, we don't have an exact deadline because we can always bring in more funds. Uh, if when we reach $5 million, that's going to be, uh, that, that's one deadline, but I don't, I guess it's not a time deadline. It's a dollar deadline. We do have a discount right now, a bonus uh, for the first, um, um, the bonus is 25% more. In other words, if you buy whatever number of charms you buy, uh, you'll get 25% more charms for your money um, uh, until the bonus, the bonus deadline is when we have either raised $100,000 or we have 30 investors, then the bonus will end. So that's an incentive to, to invest right away. Um, and, uh, um, but you know, if it takes longer, the big, now we need to talk for a minute about the risks. I've talked about the, the upside, yes. Yes. Uh, very important. Um, the upside is we're projecting 20 fold returns in five years, and then it will keep going after that. Um, as long as you hold on to your charms and don't sell them. Uh, I do need to mention that it's not we're not it's not going to be on the stock market there's not going to be a a market where you can go to a broker and sell your charms uh you can sell them but you're going to have to find a buyer and uh that's all explained on the website the biggest risk and you have to understand the investment risks i don't want anybody to invest without understanding the risks and that's all right there on the investment form you can't miss it you got to check a box several boxes to check that you understand the risks the biggest risk is probably delay. It, the biggest risk is, you know what, we're gonna release in the fall of 2023. Maybe we don't get released until the spring of 2024. And maybe instead of paying 20 fold returns in five years, it takes us six or seven years to return that. Um, to honestly, that's the biggest risk that I see. I don't see it. Um, and, and a part of that risk is how long will it take us to raise the money? 
because I need to have a certain amount of money before I can start hiring people. I can't, I can't persuade someone to quit the job they have and perhaps relocate um, to the uh, central Texas area uh, if I don't have enough money to make sure I can pay them for a couple of years. So uh, um, I think there is a risk that it may take longer. Uh, I do believe that as we reach out and I appreciate being on your show at some point, some very wealthy people, some very influential people are going to see me and they're gonna go, this guy is got something. They're gonna look at the website. They're gonna see I'm disclosing everything. It's rich, it's beautifully organized, it's powerful and it's breaking way outside the box, not only in education, but also in securities laws, uh, the way to run an organization. We're gonna build a team that's resonant, very powerful, tight, awesome team. Uh, and uh, so uh, it may take longer. It's also possible something could happen to me. Now, I don't think that's gonna happen um, because number one, I'm, I'm very deeply spiritual and this has been my, uh, my spiritual guidance has been had me on this path for a long time. And I don't believe God is going to take me out of this. I think God is going to finish this work while I'm still here. And uh, uh, I also, I'm a vegetarian for a long time. I take extremely good care of my body temple. I have a very careful with my diet. Um, also careful with my safety. Um, I've been, have not had a, a car accident in 53 years, not a single insurance claims. Had a couple of accidents when I was 19 years old because of some emotional issues with a girlfriend I had before I became mature enough to navigate uh, female rela relationships with women. Um, We've all been there. <laughs> uh, I'm not the only one. Not at so, all. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, so no, no, no car accidents, no insurance claims in 53 years. So uh, I, I know that I have a lot of angelic protection around me. So I'm not, I don't see that as a big risk, but it is a factor. I mean, you should consider it if you're investing. Um, it's also possible that we could have some serious personnel problems. Um, we could get attacked. We could get attacked by the deep state. Uh, but this is why I want investors who are members of the legacy of the angels. I want investors who are already in the spiritual life. They're already anchored in God and they're bringing that angelic energy with them, with their investment. They're not only investing their money, they're investing their prayers and they're, uh, and that's important. So, um, and we may run into uh, difficulties with, with sales. It, it may be harder to sell than we think. Uh, I actually think it's gonna be an easy sell, especially the homeschoolers. Maybe not right at the beginning, but once we get some momentum going, I think it's gonna take off, it's gonna explode. Anyway, so there are, um, and if you decide you wanna sell your charms for some reason, you might have a hard time finding another buyer. On the other hand, if it's paying out, lots of money every quarter. Um, you shouldn't have too much difficulty finding a buyer. Um, so, uh, and all that information is, 
it's all in the prospectus. It talks about what would happen if you needed to sell your charms. So uh, um, anyway, but you have to look at the risk. The biggest risk is this could take a lot longer than we think. Um, and uh, uh, but so you've got to you've got to look at the upside and the downside together. You also have to look at how much you're investing. The minimum is 990. If that's a stretch, if that's your rent money, please don't invest. You need to only invest something that you can let go of and say, okay, I'm letting go of this now and letting God take care of this, put it into our hands to let God guide us and use that money in the most uh, efficient and uh, powerful way that we can to get to the results that we want. And then, uh, so with you, how much are you gonna invest then balance the upside with the downside and then make your decision for it like that. And talk to friends if you want. Um, you know, you can talk to an attorney if you want to, but ultimately it's each person's decision. Um, what's some of the ways that people could help without investing? Well, the first one is to uh, study the website, learn about what we're doing, because if it's in your consciousness, if you're, wow, look at this. If there, everyone who puts their attention on it helps to build the momentum. And the sex, so that's the first thing, learn about it by studying the website, including the investment stuff, even if you're not going to invest. The second thing is to, uh, to pray, uh, pray for us. We need prayer. Prayer works. We've gotten this far from prayer. Uh, when so we have our team assembled. Anything. What? It doesn't cost you anything to pray. So uh, that's right. It just, just a little bit of time. Um, the third thing is to share, share links to our uh, algebravictory.org. Uh, however, you share on uh, uh, social media or by email or by writing, uh, writing up a, uh, an article or whatever you do, or talk to people in conversation orally and, and say, Hey, check out, check out Algebra Victory. And, uh, uh, and then another thing is, um, you can look at the, the jobs page. Some people might actually be interested in getting a job. We look and see what the jobs are that we're going to be hiring. I've got job descriptions up. We've got what well, the names and the titles of the jobs for the first of the, the core team, which will be about 40 people. Those are up there on the jobs page. Uh, I've got actual job descriptions you can download for, I think, seven or eight of them. Um, and so if it if it if it's possible that you might be interested in getting a job and working with us, uh, get in touch with us. You know, we'd love to see your resume, even though we can't do any hiring until we have enough money. Uh, and there will be a certain sequence in which we hire these people. So, um, are you also accepting volunteers if somebody wants to do that? Well, that's a very interesting question. I'm I'm uh, uh, I'm sure that we will. There are uh, depends on what it is. Volunteers, um, when there is a, like an event, something has a time boundary, uh, this can work well with volunteers. You're volunteering to come and help us out at this. Uh, but the long haul, uh, the, the, the eight to five, uh, seven, uh, five days a week, you know, 40 hours a week uh, work, that's a, a, a much different for volunteers. Uh, and, uh, I haven't put a lot of attention on organizing that yet. It's a very good question uh, because what I need first is to build the core team. 
and the core team, they have to be solid 40 yeah. hour uh, people. Uh, when we get to the point where we're, um, we're doing conferences, we're going to appearing at, at, we may go to homeschool conventions and set up a booth. I may be a speaker at some of these conventions and we can have volunteers help us at these events. Um, and, uh, and then uh, to two more, that was five. The, the sixth one is um, media. If you have access to like Jacob's show here or you have other shows, um, get me on the show. Uh, and also I'll sometimes appear with my son, Jonathan. We were gonna do that. We were hoping to do that, but Jonathan is actually not available uh, this weekend. And uh, so unfortunately he couldn't be here with me, but uh, we do uh, appear together sometimes. And uh, so if we get more podcasts or radio or TV or newspaper articles or uh, um, blog articles, uh, if you can connect us to those people or you are one of those people, great. And then the last thing is enroll. So when when we're ready, we're not ready yet, uh, you can enroll your, your child or yourself in Algebra Victory. What you can do now is submit your name and email address so that we'll put that in our uh, our database so that when we're ready to launch, when we're, we're even before we're ready to launch, we will contact you. Say, here, here here's what's going on. Uh, we're going to launch on X date. Uh, we're actually accepting pre-enrollments right now. Uh, uh, and that's going to depend on when the technology is ready, when the website. Right now, the website is, is right now is informational plus investment, uh, the investment form. But at some point, the website's going to transition into what we'll call our production website, which is where, oh, this is Algebra Victory. How do I, so we're gonna have an opportunity to watch some sample videos of Algebra Victory and, and uh, okay, hit, click here to take the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the admission exam. So you have to go through a, a, a uh, you have to do a preliminary, um, you have to create a login to do that first mm -hmm. and then take the admission exam. If you fail, you have to wait, uh, I don't know, some period of time, an hour, uh, maybe a day, maybe half a day, and then you can take it again and again until you pass. And then after that, then the full enrollment happens and uh, payment gateway will happen. And then the students will begin. They can start uh, the first lesson. So that will be the production website. And we can't launch until that's ready. And it's not. I need a team to build it. Does that answer your question? I appreciate it. Any help? Any it sure help? does. It, 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 it answers all the questions I had. Um, on that, I, I think we'll wrap up here, but I, I would like to say a couple of things. I would like to get you back for an update for sure. Um, I'll be happy to come back anytime, Jacob. I, I absolutely love solutions. And this it, anybody who's actually trying to do something to actually change our world is is what this show is about. It's why I started this show is to highlight projects just like this. Um, right. I, I love talking theory and philosophy and all of these things. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I do it every day, but I also love solutions. I actually like people doing things and this is incredibly important and being able to teach people objective truth is exactly what the world needs right now. So Thank I you think so, so much for, uh, you know, starting this project and 
I'll 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 do what I can to make sure and uh, spread this around and uh, get you some attention. Appreciate it so much, Jacob. Of Thank course. you. God bless you, and God bless everyone in your audience. Yep, anytime, and uh, we'll we'll get you back soon. The website is algebravictory.org. That will be in the episode description. Thank you so much for tuning in to Rise to Liberty podcast. You can find uh, us at rise to liberty, rise to liberty.com slash links. That will pull up all of our platforms all over the web. And uh, until next time, stay free, my friends.